Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Uh, this is one of the live editions of The Inspiration Show. Um, so uh, you have the opportunity to ask questions live of my special guests that I have on tonight. Uh, we are going to be talking um, to a, an amazing couple who have been doing some incredible work um, for the last you know, 20, 30 years. Um, and spreading the uh, the wisdom of Native American wisdom, not just to schools and to individuals, but to corporations as well. And they, they have quite an interesting and inspiring story to share. So uh, let me introduce you to the Tall Trees. How are you guys? <laughs> so good to be here, Natalie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you both here, Robert and Terry. Now, um, what we might do is, this, as we do with the show, is start with with your journey and how you got into doing this um, incredibly motivating and inspiring work. Mm. Perfect. Perfect. First, I'd like to take and honor my ancestors, and this is the way that I I have been taught. I'll translate for you. My husband just spoke to you very, very respectfully in our language, the Ojibwe language, and what he said was, hello to all my relatives. Hello, my friends. My name is Tree, reaching and growing toward the sky. I am Elk Clan, and today is a good day. And the language is over a thousand years, and it wasn't even a written language until about almost 80 to 90 years ago when we used some of today's alphabet to phonetically write our language, but it's actually a unique language, and the way we used to write it was more in pictographs rather than the symbols that are used today to write it. And my great-grandmother and many Native American elders were also my teachers to help guide me from where I was to where I am today. Excellent. So guys, I, as I was alluding to before, um, you, you teach um, Native American wisdom and how to live a life on purpose. Um, so, so tell me, Terry, how did I know that you have a corporate background? So, how did you fall into this kind of work? That's such a great question. Um, I'd have to say destiny. From the time I was very small, um, I was raised in a kind of a, a family of in dominant culture, and my father throughout his life had been told by Native people that he was Native and he always said, not that I know of, not that I'm aware of, his father had been adopted. Um, and many years later in my life I had an elder come and find me and say I've been told by the Thonkashi, one of the grandfathers, to bring you back to the circle. And so my journey began walking the red road and many years later um, I met my husband and we actually met in ceremony we were brought together from over a thousand miles apart. We met in, in a ceremony and then we were brought together to do the work. And as we say in our, our traditional sign language like this, we walk side by side um, in love and respect for one another. And so when we first came together, he had been doing this work uh, for many, many years as a young man. The elders used to come and get him, and he was in training from the time he was very young. For me, I was raised in dominant society, and um, and then as a young adult, brought into the Red Road. And so as we met, I always was in the background. I'm actually pretty shy now, <laughs> and so if I have something I'm very passionate about, you know, watch out. I'll I'll 
keep going. <laughs> but but in general, like I don't do the surface chat. I'm not great at parties and things like that with just superficial chat. I'm pretty um, shy. When we met, he would do these presentations and programs with Native Wisdom that had been passed on from his elders and from their elders before them and so on. And I would always go and support. And one, one day, he woke up with laryngitis. No voice. And he, he looked at me and he said, you're going to have to do the program today. And of course I had been there you know, every step of the way. And so I did. And that was just what started our work together. When we were married, I don't know if you can see the dress behind us. There's a full traditional buckskin dress. Robert's mother is our clan matriarch. And as he said, he's elk clan. Her name is Akwagishnakwe. And that is her dress. When we married, she gave me her own buckskin dress. And she said, you are now one of us. Go teach with your husband. And so we've been, we've been together, we're together 24-7, and we just have been given the great honor and privilege to share the teachings, some of the teachings that the elders have given us to share with the world in hopes of restoring balance, mending the sacred hoop, and bringing people back into harmony with who they are, who they truly are, their purpose and reason for being here, and their connection with our sacred Mother Earth and all directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I find it so refreshing and, and, and amazing. And like you said, you've been doing this work for like 20 to 30 years. Um, how does Native American wisdom uh, play into like a corporate you know, environment? Right. It almost sounds like a mismatch, right? <laughs> like here's this ancient wisdom and then here we are in this modern technology. Look at us. We're... We're on a Google Hangout with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, that's, that's an awesome question. The thing is that people forget that people are people. And, and my elders, they said, uh, when they would teach, sometimes it'd be in the public venues or at a park. And as a young boy, I would sit there, and as I sat there and listened to them, to their songs, their stories, and their wisdom, their other children would come sit from, from other nations, would come and sit near me. They saw something unique and interesting, and he would always start with a story. And I would kind of look at them, and I'd look at him, and I would just be very quiet. And then when the children got up to go play, when he was ready to leave, he'd stand up, and then everybody knew it was time, intuitively. And he said, I saw you looking at the other children. And I said, yes, grandfather. And that's the way in which we honor our elders by calling grandmother, grandfather, or auntie, or uncle. And I say, yes, grandfather, I saw this. And he goes, ah. He goes, who am I to question the great mystery, the creator? Maybe he put this lesson within their hearts for them to come and sit. And so wisdom is not defined by a culture or a nation, it's defined by the moment. And so when we talk about the aspects of what you just asked about the corporate world, it is the moment in which and how we teach. Mm -hmm. And I don't I set a specific agenda in place first, just a few things that wish to take an intertwine in the aspects of setting the moment and the foundation. Uh, but then I intuitively use what has been taught to me over the many years and it always works out perfect. And so too many people think up here and not from here. And that's where they get in trouble is when they don't think from their heart. When they think from their heart, usually that's the best guide. Mm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, what you teach a lot is helping people to, to live their life on purpose. So what is your definition of, of the purpose of our lives? Uh, they, again, I, I give full credit to Chief Little, uh, Chief Thurman Bear, Chief Ike uh, Pelcher, Chief Pontiac. They said they started that by saying every 
every grain of sand has a purpose. Every blade of grass has a purpose. Every raindrop and every tear has a purpose. And so when we talk about the integration of purpose, it's relevant to people to follow the bent of their nature. And they said if every human being followed the bent of their nature, there would be no wars, there would be no hunger, but there would be a lot of laughter and a lot of happiness. And the vibration of humanity would, be, would rise beyond our own uh, ability to be able to take and even contemplate. It would be, the world would be brighter. Right. That is my vision, to be able to take and continue on their words, their stories, their songs, because this is the opportunity for the sacred hoop to heal. That means all human beings are within the sacred hoop. And the sacred hoop is, is what they call the medicine wheel, and it's a circle that's divided equally into four equal segments. And originally, according to our, our teachings, there were four basic colors of humanity, and they both all lived on their own lands, their own turtle islands. And then something happened, and because of whatever had happened, a catastrophe or something of nature happened, we became further apart. And now we have an opportunity to bring our wisdom and our songs and our stories, and we will find words that are common. When I was speaking to uh, some people from Asia, they were saying about a word that, was, that they hardly used it, which was very, very sacred to them. And when they said it, I said, that is the same meaning to that word that we use in our language. So we have known each about each other for thousands of years, and we know that it is time to heal the hoop and realize that we are all here for a purpose, for a reason. But it, again, it's to follow the bent of your nature. Maybe you love to sing. Maybe you love to dance. Maybe you love to write. Maybe you love numbers. Maybe you love building things with your hands. Whatever it is, that was given to you by the great mystery, by the creator, by God, to be able to take and expand upon, to explore and intertwine within your life. When people say, I don't know my purpose, I say, your purpose is to take and embrace joy. But how you find joy is by taking and following the bent of your nature, which means the God-given gifts in which you were given is relative to that joy. Yeah. You know, it's it's basically, you know, and, and maybe you have um, witnessed this to yourself because my observation is that um, we are now um, becoming aware that we need to operate more from the heart, you know, more from love uh, than from our heads, like you were just saying before. Um, so is this, you know, unconditional love and, and you know, you, um, you know, uh, operating from this heart center, is this a lot of what you teach as well? Absolutely. The vibration is very, very high. And when people have a tendency of realizing that and and, and really experiencing uh, the Baba Madhiza and the journey, uh, that that's when their, their total life starts to change. They start realizing that when they are on purpose, everything seems to fall naturally into place. Nothing has to be pushed. Nothing has to be hurriedly put together. It just flows, just like a river flows, so can a person's life. You know, when we, when we are guided by our um, instinct and intuition, rather than just our logical mind, this is, a, this is a, a primary difference between dominant culture and indigenous culture. And it's significant to note, because it fits into your first question, how does this work in a corporate setting? How does this work in my life today? I live in the modern world. How can this ancient wisdom benefit me and improve the world conditions? And it's because of this. In, in dominant society, things, we are trained to view things in a logical, linear model. Everything goes in a straight line. In indigenous culture, 
Natalie, everything is connected. Everything is based on relationship. We say, Gakinawiya, we are related. And because we are related, we have a deep respect for all living beings everywhere. And we honor that everyone, you have a purpose, everyone has a purpose, and we honor that. Because of that, things move in a circle rather than in compartments. So instead of feeling the stress that comes from compartmentalizing your life, as you start to bring everything into into a harmonious flow, suddenly you're healthier, you're happier. Abundance is your natural state of being. You live in a place of joy and great service because you see, I look at you and I see we are sisters, right? This is the natural order of things. We're connected. And so in, in our culture, we say that the, the biggest journey you'll ever walk in your life is only 18 inches. And it's the connection between the heart and the mind and keeping them both open but leading first with the heart. So why in our ceremonies we get on our knees and bow our head so that our head is below our heart in humility. And so when we, when we come into any situation, we stand in the center of that medicine wheel and in the very center is humility. And humility doesn't mean, oh, I'm nothing. It means I am no lesser than nor any greater than any other being. I have a great love and compassion. I recognize that with great respect. And most people don't realize that when the heart and the mind are connected is when you can then speak your truth. And most people don't realize that. And, it's, it's, and you, had, you had asked us about this journey. And, and this has been really important for us to be able to take and utilize these particular skills, these particular tools to get people to, re, to re-embrace and take their power back. One of the first lessons the elders taught me was that every human being is born with three arrows. Now these arrows you can't hold in your hand, you hold them in your heart and then in your mind. But he said the first arrow is the thoughts that you think. He said the thoughts are more powerful than an atomic weapon. And he said your second arrow is the words that you speak. Words can harm, words can heal. And the third arrow is the actions that you take. These are your three arrows. But people give one, two, or all three of their arrows away, and it changes the course of their life. Mm. No, I, I the, the, you know, I think the word flow kind of really just sums it up. Because yeah. when you are in your authentic place, when your heart, you know, you are talking from your heart, you're talking from that authentic place, um, when you're operating from that, and thinking from that, that authentic place, from that heart place, you are in flow. You know, whatever happens, what, what's happening in your life and the intentions that you set and the direction that you want to take, things are just so much easier because you're being true to who you really are. And, you know, which is, you know, like I was saying, you know, so many of us are now, it's like we're becoming aware that this right. is the way that we should be operating moving forward. And then it's something that we're really seeking out as a way to do that. So I know you guys, you know, you work with many people and helping them, you know, operate like this and live their purpose. Um, so if people wanted to find out or work with you guys, where can we send them to do that? Um, we, we have a site called howtoliveonpurpose.com, howtoliveonpurpose.com. And there are many programs that we offer that help people find balance. You know, as we speak of the medicine, well, it's not just the four colors of mankind and the four seasons and the four elements. It's the four aspects or bodies of your being that 
must be in total balance, your mind, body, spirit, and emotion, so that you're fully integrated and you're standing in your center. You're standing in your true authentic self. And in that way, you can live really fearlessly because you're not afraid anymore. You're not wobbling. You know, I always say to people, if you, if you feel like you're wobbling a little bit, you just need to learn very gently how to move back to center without judgment, without criticism, just lovingly step back into who you are and everything will start to fall back into place. So there's lots of lots of opportunity Absolutely. for people to learn different ways if they're working on money mastery or they're working on health and wellness or just simply learning how to get out of overwhelm and burnout and how to heal the emotional body and bring it back into balance in, in your life. You can do that. Too. And people have forgotten that to be People are human doings and not human beings today. Right. <laughs> and we're getting, we're getting the realization that they do have a choice. Everyone has choice. And this is an opportunity for them to become a human being. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, guys, if you click on the banner to the side of this video, it'll actually take you straight through to that, uh, to that website um, so that you can find out all that information and, and connect with, uh, with, with Robert and Terry as well. So guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show. I, I, you know, I think sometimes I need to make these shows longer because 15 minutes <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> so thank you again for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. Miigwech. In my language, we say miigwech. But the closest that we can say to thank you is miigwech. But actually what my great-grandmother said is, all that you have given, I hold in the highest regard. Miigwech. Thank you. Now guys, look, I encourage you to share this video. Uh, you can do that by clicking the Facebook in the Twitter share buttons on this page. Um, download the app if you haven't done so already because you can actually watch the shows on the go now. You don't necessarily have to be in front of your computer. And make sure that you put your email in the box on this page as well because I would love to send you the Manifesting with the Masters video e-course. It's valued at $87 and I would love to send it to you for free. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.